Welcome to the New Wave Entrepreneur, where we dive headfirst into Web 3.0, personal sovereignty, spirituality, and psychology. These conversations are unfiltered access to brilliant minds and actionable advice that will prepare you for the rapidly changing world. So, jump in. The water is warm and the tide is rising. Welcome back to another episode of The New Wave Entrepreneur. It's me, Daniel DiPiazza, checking in with you here from my still kind of, kind of honestly bare office in Oregon. I need to get a bookcase. All my books are in this closet and I haven't yet gotten a bookcase to, to showcase them all. So I'm having to constantly dig through my closet to look for books. Today, we're going to be uh, reviewing a book, one of my favorites, or just talking about it. So I had to dig for it. But I need to get a bookcase. I'm so fucking cheap. I'll spend on some things on other things. I'll say, yeah, I'm not spending, spending the money, but I need a bookcase at this point. Uh, but either way, happy that you're here in my in my office today in New Wave headquarters. Today we are talking about uh, we're talking about habits. We're talking about routines and how these things have an outsized impact on our lives. But but first, you know, before I go into that, I want to give some housekeeping notes because I did write some notes. Um, so the first is welcome back. This is our first episode in February of 2022. I took about a week off. I went to Miami with my wife. We spent some time in the sun. It's been, you know, just, I mean, you know, if you've ever been to the Pacific Northwest, you know, it's just very cloudy up here and rainy and I like it a lot, but also it's just like, it's nice to get out there. And I'm from Florida originally, so I need those rays. My melon needs the attention. I need the, I need the sunshine, man. So Thank you for your patience on producing new episodes. Um, I want to recap, too, that recently, over the past two months, well, really in December and January, we've had two very successful, well-attended workshops that I'm, I'm very proud of everyone who showed up. So we had the New Wave workshop in December, uh, which was all about crypto, uh, Web3, and DeFi, and everything in between. And that was uh, really a, such a great showing of brilliant minds coming together to talk about this new and important tech. And so thank you to all the members who came out and the members of the community who came out and really showed out uh, in that in that uh, that workshop. And of course, we're all now in the Discord community together. And also in January, we had the Money Moves workshop, which was focused on personal finance, understanding, investing, uh, cash flow, um, tax strategies, all these different things for entrepreneurs and professionals. And that was extremely well received as well, uh, not only from our uh, our audience members, but also our special guests that we have. When every every one of these workshops that I do, I try to do my best to bring amazing guests. I'm pretty good at all this stuff, but I want to bring people who are better than me. And one of my things is that I know people who are really smart. So I bring them in to come to talk to you. So that's how we do these workshops. But I wanted to just give a shout out to everyone who has attended one of those workshops recently. Um, we have a new one coming up. I'm going to tell you about it right now before we jump into today's show because I have a lot to cover over the show and I have all these notes on things I want to go over with, you know, uh, habits, how to build them, what my routine looks like and all that stuff. But before we do that, I want to talk about specifically uh, peak performance and really it kind of blends into what we're talking about today because I did a poll earlier. Well, when I was in Miami, I did a poll and I said, what do you guys want to hear about next on, you know, for my next workshop? And you might have taken a, taken part of that poll. So if you did, thank you. And I gave three options. And the number one 
Um, the number one vote that I received was peak performance for busy people. So I, I kind of took the week off and I thought, okay, well, what would a what would a performance like that or what performance? What would a workshop like that look like? You know, what would that include? What would it entail? And this is essentially what I came up with. And so. This is what the workshop is called. It's literally called Peak Performance for Busy People. This is another one of our, our monthly workshops. And you can see now I'm doing them basically every month. Uh, we won't we hit one in January and we'll miss the February window because it's a short month, but this is the first week in March. So Peak Performance for Busy People. This is March 3rd and 4th, which is a Thursday and a Friday. So it's coming up here in about a month, a little bit less. And here are the, the main focuses of this of this workshop. Here are the promises. One, it's to get sharp, get you sharp, mastering your focus, your discipline, and your attention to detail that gets you paid and promoted. So whether you're working for yourself or working for someone else, mastering your focus and discipline and attention to detail are highly important. It's going to get you fast. We're going to learn time management strategies for getting more done at work and beating the competition off the race blocks. That's the next step. Uh, we're going to talk about building positive habits, for instance, meditation, financial habits, healthy habits and fitness, relationship habits. What habits are you looking to build? We'll help you to build those at this workshop. We're also going to talk about destroying negative habits, things that are maybe stressing you out, procrastination, self-doubt, lack of focus and discipline. We're going to talk about destroying those habits and give you some strategies. We're going to talk about mental health and dealing with the stress of high performance, which I think is so important and underlooked quite often. And we're going to talk about rising to the top of your field, how to get there in half the time, wherever you're going, how to cut that time in half. And this is going to be a two-day live event. You don't have to attend live. It's going to be recorded if you can't make it, but it's going to be me plus special guests. And we're going to be giving away some crypto prizes during the workshop just for fun, just for fun. And here's the thing, there's only 100 tickets. And for all these workshops I'm doing every month, when I sell these workshops out, I'm selling them only at 100 tickets at a time because I'm purposely wanting to build a community with this I care less about getting the maximum number of attendees in a Zoom. I care more about getting the engagement, getting people to talk about the concepts that are important here that we're bringing up, getting one-on-one -on -one interaction with the guests that I bring in. So, you know, I care about keeping that number uh, solid. So it's 100 tickets. And I'm going to open up an early bird, uh, an early bird window. And you see, I do this during our promotions for these workshops. I open up an early bird every month and you should get in that because these workshops are selling out every single time. And... So uh, the, the tickets for the event are uh, 297, 297, but early bird VIPs get $100 off the ticket. And here's what we're doing for early birds this time. We're doing a buddy pass. So if you get an early bird ticket, you get $100 off, plus you get an extra ticket totally free to bring a member of your friend group, a member of your family group, someone who is dedicated to improving their lives, improving their business, their habits as well, uh, their routines as well, bring them to this for free. And that's bomb. I mean, if you think about it, that two tickets would be 600 bucks. And so you're going to get both for less than 200. Uh, if you split it, that's like less than 100 bucks per person. So that's an amazing deal for the weekend. Um, like I said, it's it's uh, really what I think we're going for here is the community that we're building around these workshops. So I know you want to be a part of that. Anyway, that's my whole that was my whole idea. And that was really based on what you guys asked for in the poll that I did. So that's that that was that was my response to your response. Now, let's talk about habits. Let's get into the show. Let's talk about what this part of peak performance looks like in your life. Well, first, let's let's define habit. Well, uh, uh, let me back it up because I pulled a quote. I pulled a quote from James Allen and he said it better than I ever could. Um, James Allen said, mind is the master power that molds and makes and man is mind. 
And evermore, he takes the tool of thought and shaping what he wills, brings forth a thousand joys, a thousand ills. He thinks in secret and it comes to pass. Environment is but his looking glass. Now, what does that mean to you? To me, it means that, well, the mind is the projector screen onto which we are projecting our reality. And it's the thing that's creating its own perceptions. And when we think of something, we create that thing just through our thoughts. And we can shrink the distance between the physical reality of something and the thought form of something just by increasing the intensity of which we think about something. And that might sound strange, but I believe that this is essentially the, the code behind, you could call it if you wanted to get a little woo-woo, you could call it manifestation, you could call it intention. But really, it's just the collective effort of behavior over time. Because you can intend for something to happen, but if you don't behave in a way in which you want it to happen, it won't. And that's really where habits come into play. Habits are, well, in my opinion, they're just behaviors that you repeatedly do. And you do these habits so often that they create a pattern in your life and they eventually become subconscious. And, uh, and Merriam-Webster says the habit is an acquired mode of behavior that's become nearly or completely involuntary. So habits are things that are so natural to us that they go unseen. Oh, by the way, I should mention... <laughs> As we're talking about habits, I was talking about building uh, good habits and breaking bad ones earlier for the workshop, this peak performance workshop in, in March, um, March 3rd and 4th. If you want to get on the early bird list for that, go to da, 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 newwaveentrepreneur.com forward slash VIP. That's how you get on the VIP list. I left you hanging on the call to action. That's fine. Now back to the program. Now, habits. Habits create your behavior patterns. Okay, if you think about it. When you're doing something over and over again, that thing you're doing becomes a behavior, which a behavior is a more long-term expression of an action. It's something that you're doing over time. And habits create your behavior patterns. Behavior patterns create your personality because your personality then becomes part of your identity. You know, if you are someone who who bites their nails and nail biting becomes a habit that becomes a long-term behavior, then eventually you start to see yourself as someone who's a nail biter because that creates your personality, right? And your personality, to a certain extent, creates a life trajectory for you. Now, obviously, if you're a nail biter, it doesn't mean that you're going to have a horrible life trajectory because you're a nail biter. But there are, uh, in many ways, in which your repeated Habits become your behaviors. Behaviors become your personality. Your personality becomes who you are. You know, it, it's kind of like they say that the the difference of one degree from the port of, of a ship or, or, or a ship taking a difference of one degree from the port uh, can be the difference between landing up in Tokyo or New Zealand. And so, you know, there's a huge difference in the cumulative effect of habits over time. They create a compounding effect and behaviors stack on each other, habits stack on each other. And over time, it creates a calcification where it's actually very hard to sometimes undo bad habits that we've created. Now, the thing is, they uh, although habits... They can be scary because they go kind of under the radar. They can create some, uh, some, almost some control over our destiny. 
That's a good thing because habits can be good or bad. And breaking bad habits and building good ones, both are equally important skill sets and both can be done. And I know this for a fact. In fact, I used to work at a company uh, called Pavlock. And pa- I have even a tattoo for it here. It's a lightning bolt. And Pavlock is a behavior change company that uses a wearable piece of technology to essentially help you to break bad habits and to establish new ones with a mild electronic stimulus, electric stimulus. It's a, it's a very mild shock. And especially when we're talking about breaking bad habits, this applies to the field of aversion therapy if you're into uh, psychology. And essentially, Aversion therapy has been shown to help reduce cravings and addictions by creating a negative association between a behavior that you have and that small amount of, you could call it, well, it's pain. And so essentially, you can even manually administer a small shock to yourself to break a habit that you want to uh, disassociate with. And over time, it works. So for instance, we found in studies with Pavlok that smokers were able to use Pavlok to quit smoking just by zapping themselves with slight zaps on the wrist as they're smoking. And we saw that there was a cessation in uh, smoking cravings and actually a reduction and a complete quitting of smoking amongst a lot of candidates that we surveyed. And we use Pavlok to test uh, with different habits and different types of, uh, you know, behavior change from, from smoking to weight loss to exercise to uh, negative thought loops to nail biting to hair pulling. Um, These are things that really plague a lot of people and that they want to get rid of. And Pavlok was interestingly enough able to, to, if not completely eliminate, greatly reduce a lot of these negative habits as well as help to install uh, positive ones. And that that's an endorsement of Pavlok, sure, because I, I do like the company and I work there, but also it's really just an endorsement of the human mechanism for habit creation in the mind, which in a way is kind of like programming a computer. And that's, I think, really why learning to create good habits and break bad ones are so important. You know, your brain is like a computer in many ways. And if you can learn to program it, you can become the master of your own destiny. That's really what we want to do. We want to become the masters of our own destiny here. And one thing that I learned about when working at at Pavlok, especially looking at behavior change on the whole, is that there's something called keystone habits. And keystone habits are essentially just habits that are um, their cornerstones of your day, like a daily routine, for instance, that helps you to facilitate the smooth unfolding of all of the other habits. A keystone habit would be something like, for you, if you were a runner, doing your morning run. That would be a keystone habit. You know, for others who are just trying to work on their personal hygiene, which is totally, totally, uh, you know, normal. It could be like uh, brushing your teeth or flossing every day, especially people who have trouble flossing. And that could become a keystone habit. But these, these are going to be like our core, core habits. And we found that Pavlok, there are certain keystone habits that had positive effects over people's entire day and their mood, just because they were very, very important uh, to the foundational, I think, well-being and overall the the productivity of someone's day. And so the habits that we found that were so effective in just implementing in someone's day, and I know it sounds funny, but we had, you know, last, I mean, last time I checked, there were over 100,000 customers of just this product. And so we got a lot of data on what works with people building and building new habits and breaking bad ones. And one of the keystone habits is just getting more exercise outside, uh, specifically 5,000 steps or more per day. And we could track this through our, through our app, through the wearable. 
And we found that people who were getting at least 5,000 steps per day reported much higher levels of happiness overall. I don't know what the exact uh, statistic was, but we found that this was the case. And um, that once you were on the, you know, the 5,000 uh, step per day habit train, it was much easier to stay on it than to keep going on and off. And really 5,000 steps is I think about uh, what, two miles, something like that. And you could get that in about two to three long walks per day. It's not that much walking, but it, uh, especially if you have a dog, but it really, really helps uh, with your overall mental health, as well as another one that we found that was really important was gratitude journaling. So this is on a daily basis, making this into a habit of just writing down the things that you're grateful for, writing down the things that you're happy for. I think about this a lot. I mean, I think that I grew up in a very, uh, I think, a loving family, a nice, a nice environment, and I am thankful for just having that that foundation in my life. And then I'm, I can go throughout my life and think about things I'm grateful for on a, on a, on a small and a large basis, individuals and people I'm grateful for moments. I'm thankful for material items. I'm thankful for, I can go through and just make a whole list. And I think that has been listed as so important because it really helps people to put life in perspective. And it's a habit that you can implement. That's not hard. It's abundant to find things you can be grateful for, even if you're having a bad day. And it has an outsized impact on how you feel about your life when you're thinking about things from, from your, when you're purposely thinking about things from the half full mentality. That's another habit that we found was really effective. And this next habit is really something that we're going to dive into deeper in this podcast. So let's talk about it. It's the habit of creating a morning and evening routine. So having really, this is more of a complex a complex habit because a morning routine and evening routine are two separate routines and there are different things within those routines. But let's talk about it because we found just from my time working with a lot of people who are interested in building habits that really a keystone habit is having your day what I call bookended. And a morning routine is a bookend in the morning and an evening routine is a bookend at night to give some opening and some closure to your day and to help you to um, get in a better mindset for accomplishing your tasks and then powering down for the day. And so let me talk to you about uh, what I think are some, I'll, I'll, well, I'll call them my, uh, my perfect day formula. I'll call it my perfect day formula. And my perfect day formula starts with, it starts basically in the evening. So if you think about this, most people think about their morning routine as the start to their day, but you can't really have a good morning if you're having a crappy evening. You know, you have to be able to, you have to be able to power down correctly and have a good night's sleep to wake up feeling refreshed. And as you wake up feeling refreshed, it's going to help you to have a better day and have a better night. So it's a cycle. In this chicken and egg scenario, the evening routine really is king. So what does that mean for me? For that, for, for me, I break that up into a few hours, you know, leading up into bed. Basically, six hours before bed, I am cutting caffeine. So typically, my night ends around ten or eleven, and if that's the case, I'm cutting caffeine around, you know, four or five max. Five would be late. Four would be probably the the latest I would have it. But I've just found that I can go to sleep if I have caffeine after that. But it is harder. Why make it any harder on myself? Unless I really have something to do that requires caffeine at that time. The exception is sometimes I'll work out late at that time and I will have it. But I try not to do that. An hour before bed, though. So an hour before bed, if I'm thinking about, well, thinking about my, my evening routine. If I'm going to bed around, I'm going to bed around probably 10.30 or 11 o'clock at night. So 
I'll probably start this around 9 or 9.30, about an hour before bed. And that's really the thing I like to know for myself is what time works well to start powering down. You're going to have to find your own time. You can uh, you can use something like an Aura Ring. An Aura Ring is a nice wearable device that will teach you a little bit more about your REM cycle, teach you a little bit more about your, your body's natural sleep cycle, and you can find where your best timing is. For me, I find that if I can sleep from about 11 to 7 or, or 11 to 6.30 even, that gives me about seven and a half hours of sleep, totally good for me. So finding your right window is great, knowing your timing. About an hour before bed, I'll start with maybe a nice tea. Seriously, I'll have a nice caffeine-free herbal-only tea. I'll also reduce or eliminate screens. So uh, what, I'll, what I'll do is I'll even get some of my, I have, if you're watching on video, I have some of these Swanee's glasses. These are, these are blue light blocking glasses that reduce the strain of the light on your eyes. They're pretty useful. They're great for at night. Great for if you're on the computer a lot. I also turn down the lights low. If I have uh, like I have like a like a rock salt lamp, some candles, I'll just make it less bright in the house, and it just helps me to calm down. There's a lot of screens we're looking at all day. It keeps you keeps your brain and your mind agitated. It's good to calm the energy of the house. Um, around this time, too, about an hour out, I also start just doing some like a stretch routine. And during this time, I'm, I'm really trying my best not to be on work all the way up until the end of my sleep, all the way up until going to bed. I'm really trying not to do that. Um, I, I have a good routine of not, and if I break it, it's easy to get back into the habit of always being on email, always being on text. So before bed, I'm not doing that, but I am doing some body work, mobility. I'll have a little massage, gonna give myself a massage. I'll do some stretching, I'll do some yoga, just to get my body ready to sleep, preparing it, relaxing it. Right before sleeping, maybe about 10 minutes before, 15 minutes before, I'll check the temperature in the house. I'll usually lower the temperature by about uh, two to four degrees. I like to sleep around 68. I think that's the best temperature for sleeping, but it has been cold in Oregon, so sometimes I will use that heat. Um, but typically, I like to sleep when it's a little bit more chilly. And atmosphere is important too. Sometimes I'll put on music, some something like a uh, like a soothing sound bowl or nature sound, rain, forest sounds, um, thunderstorms, um, binaural beats. Anything that sounds really good, but something that's mild. I don't want it to be waking me up. I don't want to have any lyrics or, or, or words. It has to be completely uh, just tones. And I might even do some essential oils. Uh, we have a, an oil diffuser in the bedroom. So we'll put some lavender or some mint um, or, you know, bergamot, I think, something like that, in essential oil in the diffuser. And it just makes the whole room, really, the energy of the room change. It smells really good. It's, re it's relaxing. And essential oils have been shown to... Uh, actually reduce um, stress in the brain. Uh, you know, I, we've seen studies on this. Can I quote them? No. But do I know they exist? Yes. So D-Y-O-R. But either way, highly recommend essential oils. Meditation is great at this time too. I might do just a quick five-minute meditation, closing my eyes and just reviewing my day. Uh, sometimes I'll even like to, when I'm in bed, just review my day from beginning, fr from end to beginning and reverse, go all the way back to the beginning of the day and try to highlight the significant events in the day and close any loops mentally in my head. Close the filing and then wake up the next day with that that hopefully resolved. And it really does work. Now, as I'm as I'm sleeping, just in terms of sleep habits, there are a couple of good hygiene things that I have for myself. Sleep hygiene. One is sleep positioning. So that's how I'm sleeping. And that's typically I think it's best to sleep on your side. I used to be a back sleeper. Now I think it's typically best to be sleep on your side. 
Um, mattress quality is important too. I try to go with a firm one. I think that's better for your spine alignment. If it's too soft, your spine doesn't get the right support. So I find firmer is better. Obviously finds your preference, but that's just my personal preference. And I, I feel like that's probably right for more people. Uh, eye mask as well. If you don't have blackout curtains, an eye mask is a godsend because you know the eye the eyelashes are the, the eyelids are pretty good. But once you have blackout curtains or an eye mask, you realize how much light actually goes through your eyelid naturally, which I think is probably the point. You want to have some sort of sensitive, like photosensitivity to the light in nature. You know, when we're waking up and going to sleep by the light of the sun and the moon, I think you have to have that. But when we have like a set schedule or we just really need to get some real sleep and we've been up all day, that blackout mattress or that blackout curtain or those eye masks are really nice. And uh, I use a Manta eye mask, which I'll talk about at the end of the show. I'll give some notes on uh, things you can check out. Uh, but Manta is a really great sleep mask. Uh, I think you could just go to mantasleep.com and uh, they have like a nice cushioned sleep mask. Snoring too. If you snore, I highly recommend you get some Breathe Right strips. Those will really help your, uh, your nasal passages. And I know this sounds weird, but I've tried this. And this is based on a book I read called Breathe. If you're a snorer, Get some sort of um, athletic tape and tape your a small piece of your tape and tape your mouth shut while you're sleeping. That will prevent your your mouth from opening while you're sleeping. But you'll still have a little bit of breathing room on the side of your mouth, and then your nose will be able to mostly breathe, and it will force you to breathe through your nose while you're sleeping. And this has reduced my snoring about eighty percent. And it sounds weird because now I have a nasal strip on and I'm taping my mouth shut. But when I do it, it reduces the snoring. Do I need to have a sleep study done? Probably. But this is what has uh, really gotten me good results. And I, I'm not waking up uh, snoring or, or, or sleep apnea. Sleep apnea. <laughs> it's not even a word. Sleep apnea. You're stopping. You're not breathing when you're sleeping. So you wake up because you're not breathing. That happens to me sometimes. You can't do that if your mouth is closed because you're breathing through your nose, force you to breathe through your nose. So it's actually a small little tip that has a big impact. Um, so that's my that's my evening routine and my sleep stuff. Now, I wake up in the morning around 6 and 8 a.m. And I reserve the first two hours of the morning to just get my life together, to just get running for the day. I start off with a cold shower, especially in the winter. Man, this is freezing, really, really cold. I do it for about 90 seconds in the last 90 seconds of the shower. And uh, man, this morning, it must have been it must have been 30 or below. I mean, it was damn near freezing. I was crying in there. It's so much colder in Oregon than it is in California. <laughs> and uh, but it's really good for waking you up. It's really good for your metabolism. It's really good for your uh, challenging yourself mentally. The first thing during the day, I think it's great. Then I'll come down. I usually have some green juice. I call that the elixir of life. I'll get some, some cold-pressed green juice from Suja or another cold-pressed company. Get it at your grocery store. I'll put some greens powder in there too. That's going to have um, tons of vitamins. It's like a liquid uh, multivitamin. It's going to have probiotics and prebiotics. It's going to have um, just lots of like nutrients like chlorophyll and micronutrients you know, galore. And there's different blends of it as well, different types of uh, greens powders. I highly recommend you get one that you like that tastes good to you. Uh, and it's going to have no sugar in it. You know, that... That uh, green juice that I have, the cold pressed green juice, has almost no sugar in it. And I like to get some greens in like that in a quick, vitamin rich, vitamin rich form the first thing in the morning. I think it's great for digestion. I usually follow it up with some actual, like some spinach or some greens as well. And I just like to get my body started on it the first thing in the morning. I'll also drink about a liter of water. Sometimes I'll put some lemon and some uh, sea salt in there. And that becomes my wake up and drink. Dogs, 
for the morning. Yeah, I'm, I'm just reading my notes. Yeah, still between six and eight dogs. Usually dogs are going to go on a walk. That's why I'm going to get the first part of my steps in for the day. I'm usually going to get about 2,000 steps just for that first walk easily. And then I'm going to come back in and do meditation, journaling, and gratitude journal. By then, it's usually about eight o'clock and my day progresses. And from there, I usually have a creative block. And my creative block is from eight to 11 a.m. And I'm in that creative block right now as I'm recording this. It's about 10 a.m. And so I'll do either writing or recording from that time. It allows me to get in my deep work time. allows me to really focus on the creative stuff. And I do this every day. And over, over time, it adds up. And you really want to have those creative blocks add up because you can get the most done as you're consistently doing it every day. And so I get into that habit of having that creative time every day. And uh, from that point on, you know, towards the, towards the middle of the end of the end of the morning, uh, early afternoon, 11 to 12 p.m., I'm going to just do my, what I call my daily dashboard, where it's just basically doing a review of all the, the high level things I have to do for the day, business, personal. So I'll look at my finances, I'll look at all my bank accounts. I'll look at uh, everything that needs to look, you know, move around money-wise. I'll look at calendar. I'll look, uh, I'll look at my to-dos, and I'll look at what meetings I have on the day. Uh, and then from twelve to six, I'm just doing meetings, creatives, uh, creative stuff, sales. Uh, and then usually at night, I'll get in a workout, and then I'll come in and I'll relax. I'll have dinner. I'll have downtime. I'll do my evening ritual, and then I'll go to bed. And so I'm encouraging you, just by talking about my day, to start to organize your day, to start to think about how you want to schedule your day. You know. What would you, if you have, let's say, two hours in the morning and two hours in the evening, what would you put in that block? What would you do? Now, the key is those blocks set me up for having the real success during the, the, the chunk of the day, the meat of the day. So I'm setting myself up. I'm giving myself that, 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 that edge. And what I think is important about the evening routine to remember, too, is I'm not just crashing and burning into bed. I think a lot of people who work really hard and ambitious, they just go to sleep as soon as they get tired because they just wasted. I think it's good to actually put yourself to bed so that you have some sort of uh, real, it makes you feel like you have control over your energy uh, levels. So that is something I like to do. Now, talking about habits too, when you're talking about establishing a morning and evening routine, that's going to come with require come with installing a bunch of new habits. And I was actually going to go on this earlier in the podcast, but I skipped over it. I wanted to read to you from James's book, James Clear, about installing good habits and deleting bad ones. So what do we have here? This I'm actually literally reading from his book because I think it's such a powerful framework. And I highly recommend you check out this book. I have this one on uh, on Audible and I have it via physical copy. So it's it's definitely worth it. Let me, uh, let me pull out my screen here. Okay. So... Uh, James has four laws for creating a good habit. And so the first law is make, make the habit obvious. So this is pretty interesting. This is like basically tracking it. Design some sort of scorecard. One thing I'd recommend for you if you're building a habit for the first time is that you use an app like uh, Coach.me. Coach.me is a great habit tracking app. So if you are, for instance, working on uh, developing a habit of reading 30, 30 minutes a day or of working on your writing or of doing yoga or of, you know, working out, whatever you want to do, lift.me, it's a free app and you can use it to check, uh, check in with that habit for the day and you can create streaks and streaks are great because as your streak increases, you feel more and more encouraged to keep going. Seinfeld, Jerry Seinfeld had a, a strategy around just make a chain and never break it. So make a chain of your habit, never break it. And he would say, I write a joke every day. I put a big X on my calendar and I never break the chain. And you can do that for your habit too. Coach.me is a great way to, um, to, to capture those streaks 
And um, I've used it on and off for years. And I like it a lot, especially when I'm just trying to get started. So that's the first thing. Make it obvious. Another thing you can do too is you can make it attractive. So this says here, create a motivation ritual. Do something you enjoy immediately before a difficult habit. So depending on what you're going to do, I mean, you know, you might even you might even think about like pairing it with something that you like to to watch or something you like to do. So for instance, if you find that you spend a lot of time watching um, a certain artist on uh, on YouTube or you really like a certain song, you can pair that with a thing that you find naturally challenging to associate a good feeling with a bad feeling. And this is just you using your own psychology against yourself, on yourself for your own positive benefit. But you can do that by um, by pairing it with something that you like to. You can even like you can even take like let's say a small piece of dark chocolate, for instance, and you say, "I don't get to give myself this dark chocolate until uh, after I go to the gym." Although that's more of a reward after. This is more making it attractive beforehand. But you can use these motivations to pair it with the thing to make yourself uh, psychologically more willing to go through the discomfort of doing the new habit. It's so it's so fascinating. Um, make it easy. Reduce friction. Decrease the number of steps between you and your good habits. You know, this is so important. Like when you're talking about, uh, for instance, I know uh, training uh, martial arts is so, uh, it can be so exhausting. And, you know, you have to get your, your life to a point where your life can accommodate the training because you have to get there, you have to show up, you have to go through the effort, you have to train, you have to learn, integrate, and come back and do it again. And the last thing you want to do is have to do all of the preparation of like cleaning the uniform and going and, and prepping for it. And a lot of times what holds me up from training is, oh, something simple, like my uniform isn't clean. And I've noticed that if I don't have my uh, uniform ready to go at all times, I'll easily make an excuse as to why I can't make it to class that day which sounds dumb, but it's just how my brain works. So what I'll do now is I'll make sure that I always have a uniform uh, ready to go or like I, depending on what I'm doing, it could be like a uh, like a no-gi uniform, which is kind of just like Under Armour stuff, you know, rash guard, or it could be the gi, which is the traditional uniform. And I'll keep it in the gym bag at all times uh, in the back of my car, so in the trunk. So I'm always ready to go to training. And this has greatly reduced my amount of excuses around being ready to train. And when I'm really on my shit, I will have a towel in there as well as like uh, some like body scrub so I can shower off after training. And and if I'm really on my shit, I will have a gallon jug of water and some like a snack, like a, like a granola bar or something in the car because I'm just anticipating all of my own excuses. What are my own excuses for not training? My uniform's not clean. Okay, solve that problem for myself. What are my excuses for not training? Uh, I'm tired. I haven't had anything to eat yet. Uh, solve that problem. Put it in my uh, train. Put it in my car. What are my excuses for not training? I'm dehydrated. I need to. I'm so thirsty. I'm overwhelmed. I'm, I don't have any water with me. You know. Oh, put it in the car. You know. What are my excuses? What are my excuses? What are my excuses? And I just solve all the problems before my brain gives them to me, and then I can logically just overpower myself and say, Oh, well, I guess you just have to go to training now. You know. And that is really. Um, you have to force yourself to do it by making it so easy for yourself. So how could you eliminate the excuses that you know your brain is going to make? Come up with the excuses first. The excuses that, uh, or, or the examples that James talks about in his book, and so I think that's Charles Duhigg in his book, uh, The Power of Habit. It's just like if you're going to be a runner, you know, put your running shoes and your socks and your shorts by the bed in the morning, 
And so that when you step out of bed, you have to look at them, walk past them and put them on. You know, make it so dumb simple for yourself that it's just, you know, you have to do it. So that's make it easy. Let's see. Yeah, and then the last thing is just make it satisfying. So I think that comes down to almost like, just like the chocolate example I gave. Uh, if you give yourself permission to do something that you really like after doing something that you maybe are more averse to doing, you link the good habit with the, you link the new habit with the good feeling. So that's something to do. Now, what about breaking a bad habit? What about breaking a bad habit? Well, here's what James says. There's also four laws. It's they're basically just the inversion of how to build a good habit. So instead of making it obvious to break a bad habit, you got to make it invisible. What does that mean? Remove it from exposures. Remove the cues of habits from your environment. So for instance, when I'm trying to stop smoking weed, I'll go through phases where I'll take three to six months off and I'll go three to six months on. For me, that's about the balance that I like to have. And when I'm stopping though, I'll say, okay, I don't want to have this around and I'll just take it out of the house. And then I don't think about it. It's the same thing with, with foods. Man, if I have ice cream in the house, I'm going to eat all the ice cream. I love it. It's so good. But if I don't want to eat it, I just won't buy it. I'm not the type of person who can buy it and have one buy it or eat one. I just don't have a lot of restraint when it comes to that. Same thing with pizza. If I order a pizza, I'm going to eat the whole thing. So if I don't want to eat the whole pizza, I just don't order the pizza. Because <laughs> I, I can't eat one or two slices. I just know that about myself. But at least I don't fool myself. So that's what you got to do. Make it invisible. Don't have it around if you want to break that habit. Make the cues go away. You know, if you're a smoker... Take away the lighters and the cigarettes and the, you know, and, and, the, and, the, and the ashtrays, all of it. Wash your clothes so you can't smell it. Make it invisible. Make it unattractive, James says. Reframe your mindset. Highlight the benefits of avoiding your bad habits. Yeah, so I mean, that's good. Like, for instance, let's just go back to the smoking example. If you're, a, uh, you know, like a cigarette smoker, every time you have a craving, you might say to yourself that you have a craving to smoke. You might say, ah, Every, thank God for, for this craving. It means that I'm going to live one extra day, you know, or it means, it means that it means that my lungs are healing. This cra like this craving means my lungs are getting a little bit healthier every single day. You know, just really literally reframing it because you stopped smoking probably for health reasons. So remind yourself of why you did it by reaffirming the negativity that the habit was bringing. Because you're trying to break it that break a habit with this one. Make it difficult. Increase the friction. Increase the number of steps between you and your bad habits. So, for instance, if you're, uh, you know, having social media issues, <laughs> if you're addicted to social media, hey, we've all been there. Delete the app from your phone. Better yet, if you really want to get, get crazy, change the password to something random. Give it to your friend or significant other or hide it from yourself and then delete the app off your phone. Now, could you get the password back and figure it out, put it back on your phone and get it? Sure, of course. But make it inconvenient for yourself. When I don't want to be on Instagram, I'll just delete the app because I want to make it difficult for myself to have to log in. And just having to go back in the app store and download it is annoying every time I want to see something. Then eventually it goes away in my mind. I stop thinking about it. But make it inconvenient for yourself. Then make it unsatisfying. So I think this is also something to do with, uh, with Pavlock. You think about the aversion therapy. That's very unsatisfying to get snapped with a rubber band, to get, uh, to get shocked with an electric volt. It's very unsatisfying. So... That's one way. Buy a Pavlock. But find something that you can do that, that decreases your satisfaction by <laughs> therefore breaking the habit. I mean, you can think about, uh, man, you want to talk about extreme examples. What about those, uh, those I guess, they're, they're med medications that they give to alcoholics that makes alcohol taste nasty and makes them very sick and makes them throw up. And they start to associate then 
uh, alcoholism with extreme nausea and it cures alcoholism. This is, these are the things I've heard of in the, in the different programs. That's extreme aversion therapy, but that's making it very unsatisfying. Well, these, these are just uh, James's ideas in his formula for changing habits. Like I said, I recommend you read the book. And these are just one idea. These are just, this is just one framework for talking about habits. But I think it's very important to discuss with yourself as a one-on-one conversation. What habits do I have right now that I want to break that, aren't hold, that are holding me back? That are giving me some sort of static or, or, or friction in my life? And what habits do I think would be very beneficial to me? What ones do I think would be useful to me? And what could add to the performance of my day in my life? Because remember, you know, we're trying to improve ourselves. And when we improve ourselves, we improve our business. As I always say, improve your improve the leader, improve the business, right? And so when you get better, your business gets better. When you get better, your career improves, your relationships improve, your finances improve. So you want to work on yourself as the foundation, and then you'll see the fruits of that, of that labor. Now, let's see. Do I have all my notes covered today? I think I have everything. Yeah. I mean, let's talk about things to review. So one, I'm encouraging you to design your day. It's going to allow you to see what works and what doesn't in your life. Uh, and once you get your keystone habits, like a good morning and evening routine, it's going to be easier for you to add on other high leverage habits like meditation, nutrition, or fitness. Uh, if you've never had a daily routine, it's time to make one and, and to create some new habits for yourself while you do it. So I highly recommend you do it. You can use my model for it. You know, I gave my examples of what my perfect day would look like and some books that might help you through this. One, I highly recommend, as I said, Atomic Habits by James Clear. Um, Two, Deep Work by Cal Newport. This is a fantastic book. So James's book is more about the how-to of specific habit change and Cal's is more about the why and the how of focusing intensely on things. Just as important. And the Power of Habit is a book similar to James's, which is very, very good and highly regarded. Those are three books, uh, The Power of Habits by Charles Duhigg. Those are three books I highly recommend you, you read. And apps that I encourage you to check out, Coach.me, which is a great habit tracking app, Headspace uh, and Calm, which are two meditation apps. Those are worthy habits of integrating into your life as you find time. And uh, for sleep, I recommend you check out mantasleep.com. Great eye masks. Don't have any uh, affiliate link for them. I should at some point get one. That'd be great. Now, I talked a little bit about uh, my morning walk. And one thing that I like to do, I said morning walk. I sound like I'm from New York. Uh, I talked about my morning walk. I like to get morning movement. And sometimes I'll I'll do a quick morning workout. And one thing I like to use is I have a, a set of body weight. Uh, I have a body weight gym, basically. And it's by a company called Base Blocks, which is a fantastic, almost like a home gymnastics uh, equipment company. And you go to baseblocks.fit. Again, I don't have any affiliation with them, but I just like their product. And you can check out their different sets of uh, body weight workout equipments. I have uh, the one with the pull-up bar, the dip bars, and the um, like the squat bench thing. It's pretty cool. So check it out. I also use a program called Gold Metal Bodies, which is called which goes to or which is GMB.io is their website, and uh, they are a, um, a a company that basically specializes in mobility and functional strength and flexibility. So I highly recommend them. I also do them in the morning and in the evening as well. Again, no affiliate links, but I just highly recommend you check them out. GMB.io, great movement practices. So, I mean, that's it, guys. Uh, I think we went all the way through it. I went through habits. I went through what they are. I went through, you know, why keystone habits are so important. Some of the things we found working at Pavlock. We talked about my ultimate day. We talked about, um, you know, breaking good, breaking bad habits and, uh, and creating good ones based on James Clear's work. I gave you some recommendations for books. Um, this is a great primer for you to get your habits and your routine started for the new year. 
And I highly recommend that you get on on the full train. You know, if you want to start performing at your best, it's not just for you, by the way. It's for others around you. It's for your family. It's for your friends and your colleagues, your uh, your team members. You know, when you're at your best, they're gonna help to they're gonna help themselves because they're gonna see that you are leading them and they're gonna step their game up. Uh, so you you'd be surprised what happens when you start to elevate, elevate people around you will as well. And so that's what we're talking about: peak performance for busy people. Um, this is the new workshop. It's March 3rd and 4th, okay? This is a Thursday and a Friday. This is coming up, let's less than a month. Uh, what do we focus on? These are the important points. You're gonna get sharp. This is all about mastering focus and discipline and attention to detail to get you paid and promoted. You're gonna get fast. That's all about time management for getting more done at work and beating the competition off the blocks. You're gonna get uh, some positive habits going, meditation, financial habits, health, relationships, whatever's important to you. We're going to talk about destroying negative habits like procrastination, self-doubt, lack of focus, and lack of discipline. We'll talk about mental health and dealing with stress as a high-performance individual, someone who's ambitious and wants to get their life moving, how they deal with it all. And, of course, rising to the top of your field, how to get there in less time. It's going to be, like I said, a two-day live event. You don't need to attend live. You can watch the recording if you want. Uh, We're going to give away crypto prizes during the live uh, recording. And there's only 100 tickets for this. I'm doing this on purpose every single month. So if you want to get early bird access to this, we're going to give a $100 discount on the tickets. And you're going to get a free buddy pass to bring a friend or a family member. And you just go to newwaveentrepreneur.com forward slash VIP and you can get on the early bird list. So as soon as those tickets are hot, you will be the first to know. That is all I got for the podcast, guys. I hope you enjoyed today's episode on habit building, building some routines, get your life moving, get your shit pumping. Um, thank you so much for all the love and the DMs, all the comments on uh, on the posts I've been putting up. Just in general, the response to the podcast has been dope. We got more in the can and I'll talk to you guys soon. The water is warm and the tide is rising. It's time to surf this new wave. I'll catch you on the other side. Peace. Peace.